0: Hi, this is Ryan Schneider. I'm a licensed, ordained minister of the gospel, and I want to thank you for joining the podcast today. We are living in the last of the last days, and I pray this message will encourage and inspire you to have a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Call you blessed. If you can hear me all right, I'll try to talk loud. I'll try not to talk too fast. Um... I do tend to do that sometimes, I get excited. I do that even when I'm giving presentations at work, sometimes I gotta remind myself to slow down. Because, and I'll tell you, a lot of times I'm giving presentations to uh, people and folks that English is not their first language. So they have to translate in their head. So I try to speak slowly so that they can translate in their head, but sometimes you get excited, you get passionate about what you're doing or what you're talking about and you get going. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story, I was given this training one time in China And so it was just me in this room, and there was probably six of them in there that I was training. And I'm teaching them, you know, and I'm going through the stuff, and I kept using the word smear, smear. And I I kept watching, and I'm like, finally I stopped, and I said, I go, do you guys know what smear means? (laughs) And they're they're like, no. But nobody wanted to raise their hand and say anything. No one wanted to, like, stop. Hey, we don't know what that word means. and uh, Because it was a coding that we were doing, and I was was talking about how that, if this coding, if you do it... um, when you run this certain test on it, it'll smear and it'll ruin your results. And so, but I kept using the word smear. <laughs> so then I, so I had to stop and I draw on the board. I says, this is what I mean. And then they're like, oh, oh you know, right. So um, anyways, I say all that because sometimes I get excited and I want to, I get talking really fast. So who brought their Bible tonight? All right. That's pretty good. I feel like I'm talking to the youth a little bit here. <laughs> that's what I say to the youth who brought their Bible. And you know what they do? This is what they do. They go, we got it right here (laughs) on our app, which is good. Actually, I encourage them. Hey, you know what? I'm just glad to read the Bible. (laughs) So whether it's a physical paper or whether it's uh, on your app, let's go for it. And actually, the app is awesome, right? Because you can do different translations. And I'm actually going to use the app here um, because I'm going to flip between a couple different translations. But let's open your Bibles to Matthew 14 and verse 22. Are you there yet? How about now? <laughs> All right, immediately. So this is after Jesus had fed the 5,000 and he sent the disciples across over on the boat, right? you remember this? And he said, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. I'm in New King James Version, just FYI. Um, While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent I'm sorry. Yeah, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, and it was getting tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch, I had to look this up, they said that's about like 3 to 5 a.m. in the morning. Okay, so I'm thinking, because this ties in a little bit here with what I'm going to talk about, but um, I'm thinking about the, the disciples. The disciples are the ministry of helps for Jesus. Would you agree with that? Okay. Jesus sent them on ahead. He needed to stay back and pray. Right? That's what it said. He, was, he went by himself to pray. He needed to get alone time with God. That's a great... You know what? I mean, there is so much in this set of scriptures. I mean, just think about that. Jesus took, Jesus took time to himself, set himself by himself to go pray. I don't know. That's a good, good example there. But anyways, the ministry of helps went off in the boat. Right, And they're out there at 3 in the morning or somewhere. I mean, it's early in the morning. I don't know what you all are doing at 3 in the morning, but I'm not out in the boat usually. Ben might be. (laughs) That might even be early for Ben's standards. But all right, so they're out there. They're in the sea. Now now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! I laugh at this all the time because I'm like, Okay, we read this story because we've heard this a thousand times, right? We know Jesus walks on the water, right? People got jokes about walking on the water, right? Remind me sometime, I'm not going to do it tonight, but I'll tell you about my, uh, my joke about golfing, right? And walking on water, okay? Um, it's a joke, it's, a, it's an alpha joke. Well, it could be an alpha joke, actually. But anyways, think about it from the disciples' perspective, okay? They just did this big old crusade. They saw the miracle of feeding the 5,000, right? Jesus says, hey... You know, I don't know what he said to him. I don't know if he told him, I'm going to go pray or if he just said, just go ahead. And then he just went and prayed. But whatever. They're out there working. They're getting to the other side, getting ready for the next meeting, perhaps. And they see Jesus walking on the water. What would you do? I mean, up to that point, if we saw it, maybe, I don't know, we might still be freaked out. But if we saw it, we might at least have a little bit of knowledge that this is even possible, right? Okay, my background I have a minor in physics. I was actually a physics major until I switched and I became a chemistry major with a physics minor. The physics of walking on water is is supernatural, let me just tell you, okay? (laughs) So, these guys, are like, it's a ghost, right? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And Peter had come down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, I don't know how far Jesus was away from the boat, but it was far enough where Peter had to get out of the boat, and he had to walk. So he had to take, I don't know what's considered a walk. To me, this is a step, okay? This is a walk, okay? So he's at least, I don't know, 10 feet away. He's probably farther, I have no idea. Alright? So speaking of walking, I'm going to walk around a little bit. And I'll try not to trip into the the music stand. So he said, come. And Peter had come down out of the boat, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So he he sees Jesus out there. He's walking. Right? He's walking on the water. Think about everybody else in the boat. They, They see Jesus. He's a ghost. What do they think of Peter? Peter was just in the boat with him. And now he's walking on the water. I don't know. I think of these things. I think of these things in the Bible because to make it real, like, what would we do? I mean, they're, they're men and women like us, right? They were, okay, Jesus is Jesus. Now, remember, Jesus is all man, all God. But he was living on earth as a man. So, you know, to see this and to him, to, to them, they know him as a prophet. And, you know, at, at some point they do realize he's the son of God, but still, he, he might be, to them, at this point, they're looking at him as, as, their, as their leader, as their preacher, you know, as their pastor, perhaps. And he's walking on the water. Peter jumps out, he's walking on the water, too. But when he saw the wind and, and the waves, remember it was, it was uh, contrary, the wind was contrary. He was afraid. And he began to sink, and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. So there's two things that I, I get that really excites me about this. One. Let's go back to physics. Why did he not immediately like go underwater? Right? Do you ever jump in the water? I've jumped in the water many a times. <laughs> I never stay on the surface and then like slowly sink in. Do you? <laughs> no, I'm under. <laughs> so so I I'm always wondering why. And I don't know, I actually don't have an answer for you, but I'm just thinking about this. I'm just kind of like Why did he not immediately? And then the second thing I love about this is that he cried out to Jesus. He's like, Lord, help. And that's a great lesson right there. Like, he got into trouble. He started to sink. He wasn't all the way sunk. He he didn't drown. But he cried out. And he cried out to Jesus for help. I'm going to come back to that later, but that's great. And immediately, here's awesome too. That's another great part. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, "Oh, you have little faith. Why do you have a doubt?" Now, I've heard this preach many times, and everyone's always like, "Oh, Peter had doubt," but he said, "You have little faith." What did what did Jesus say before about a little faith? What can we do with a little faith? Maybe the size of a mustard seed. A come on, that's it. Move a mountain. So I don't know that necessarily he was rebuking Peter. Maybe he was teaching him, teaching him about, hey, look what, look what it was possible that you could do when you kept your eyes on me. But then when you didn't, right, then you started to doubt. And then, you you know, so he's like, he's like oh, you have a little faith. But you but had some faith. wasn't zero. And maybe that's the reason why he didn't just go under. And so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so <laughs> no, you're good. See what you got to do. Ministry of Helps. and when he got into and then when they got into the boat so I always wonder I always wonder again how far away was they from the boat you know were they from the boat sorry my grammar were they from the boat you know that that they came back into the boat and then they got in right I don't know did Jesus Jesus grabbed them? he said that did he pull them up and then did they walk together did they hold his hand and walk him back or I don't know I don't know it doesn't say doesn't matter but So what am I talking about? Anybody got a guess on my title? (laughs) Maintaining your focus in the last days. I'll tell you what, I have such an urgency now, and I don't know if you feel it as well. We are in the last of the last days, Mm -hmm. and really my message here, and I don't know if I'm going to get through everything that I wrote down, um, I'll try. I'll give her the old try here, and, um, but maintaining your focus in the last days—we are in the last days—and there's a lot of hurting people out there, and that's really what I want to talk about today: is that us getting getting out. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I heard someone preach this before. I'm gonna say it. But uh, we got to get out there, get off of our blessed assurance, and get out there, right? <laughs> you ever heard any preacher say that before? <laughs> I'm not cussing. But I'm saying we got—you know—church is great. Yes, it is. Come to church. We need to come to church. We need to be involved in church. I would like to touch a little bit on helps a little bit more if I have time. But, yeah, we do. We need to. But church is where we come to get faith, right? How do we get faith? By hearing, By hearing the Word of God, right? Hearing it preached, right? And how, how do they preach if they don't have a preacher, right? And how do they get a preacher if he's not sent? Right? But, this, but we get faith. We get built back up. So we need to come to church kind of you know worship we need to get in worship what does worship do for you was worship awesome tonight it's, right yeah did we make a few mistakes here and there i did i don't know if you notice it or not i notice it james looks at me once james looks at me once in a while when i'm no, i'm just kidding i'm teasing <laughs> I, know, I know right yep <laughs> james and i uh james is like do you remember the one service he threw the stick at me? Well, he didn't really throw it at me, but he lost the grip. It landed like right next to me. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> but yeah, we need, we need to be in church. We need to be in church. We need to be with other Christians, right? What does the Bible say? Iron sharpens iron, right? So we need to be together. And there's something about the corporate anointing too, that when we come together, there's anointing on you, there's anointing on you, 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 you. All right, I got to hit everybody. You, 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 got everybody right. But when we come together and we're in one accord and worshiping God, right? There's an anointing that comes on. And what does the anointing do? The yokes. Yep, yep. Breaks the yokes of bondage, right, on our lives. It breaks things off of people. Things that are that you're trying to get broken. You may be struggling with something, and maybe all you need to do is to come to church and get in the anointing with other believers that are believing with you. So, we need to put action to our to our works. Now, we've just did this whole Bible study, pastor it was pretty great going through Galatians, right? And we're talking about we're saved by grace. Yes, we are. Absolutely 100%. We didn't earn it. We cannot work for it, right? There's nothing we can do to to work our way into heaven or to buy our way for salvation, right? Jesus gave to it gave to us freely. However, We've got to read the whole Bible, because the Bible also says faith without works is dead, right? And how does faith operate? Faith operates through love, right? Is it James? I think it's James that says, right, if, if I do my work, but I don't have love, or no, that's in Corinthians, it's Corinthians, right? If I, if I don't have the work with it, right, what does it matter? You know, if, if Lewis is in trouble and I'm like, oh, Lewis, I love you, man, and then I walk away, Right? It doesn't, do any, it doesn't do any good, right? I should help him out. I should, whatever I could do, pray for him, I don't know, be there for whatever. Okay. So we got to put works to us. When you're in church, take some notes. Take some notes. You know, we talk about meditating on the word of God. Take some notes. I take notes all the time. I probably take notes. I don't, I learned this a long time ago. I've learned this in, probably in college, but I, I learned it certainly on my job, is that I don't trust my brain. I don't trust my brain. I write everything down all the time. My, my biggest problem is figuring out where I wrote down what I wrote down and where I put it and organizing it. That's probably my biggest problem. But I wrote it down. <laughs> and I know I wrote it down and I can tell you what piece of paper I wrote it down on. <laughs> but let's do this. put that in the church. Take notes. Don't rely on your brain that, you know what, I've done this a hundred times where it's like, oh yeah, I'll remember that yeah i won't write that down i'll remember that 5 minutes later i've already forgot what it was i'm like man there was three things i was just thinking about so write it down and then go back and review your notes from church this is how we meditate on the word of god this is how we digest the word of god that that we're getting the teaching that we're getting you know your mind your mind is enmity against god enmity right that just means that it opposes it's not an enemy it's kind of like enemy it sounds a little bit similar But it means it opposes God, right? But our mind can be trained. We can wash our our mind, right, with the word of God. And it can be trained. Because our mind will always go to two things, always, naturally, unless we train it. It goes to what it fears and what it wants, right? That's why during the pandemic, that's why the internet church became so popular, right? Now, I get it. We had to do what we had to do for a short amount of time. But as soon as we could get back into church, we did. And I know we did. You know, but there's a lot of churches that didn't. There's a lot of churches that are still what I call the underwear churches, right? <laughs> yeah. They get to sit at home in their underwear eating a donut, watching their favorite preacher drinking a cup of coffee, and they get their good little good-feel message, and then they're done, they shut it off, and they, or they flip on some movie or something, right? <laughs> right, and get all the worldliness back onto them that they've, right? But people get comfortable. But our body, our flesh likes that. Our flesh likes the, right? I want to be comfortable. I don't want to, you know, if I'm wearing a suit and tie, I don't want to wear a suit and tie. I want to be in my sweatpants, (laughs) eating a bowl of Cheetos. (laughs) Right? So it's like, it's like oil for your car, right? Or your, you know your four-wheeler, your motorcycle, whatever. You know, what's going to happen if you don't oil, if you don't keep oil in there and keep fresh oil in your car? It's just a matter of time. And that thing's going to seize up. So these are the things we need to do to keep ourselves well oiled. We need to pray. We need to come to church, read your Bible, stay in the Word, right? Get around other believers. Mm -hmm. And I want to touch on that a little bit right there, too you know, watch who your friends are. I shared this with the youth, and uh, Luke was my, was my helper the other night. Uh, no, when was it? It was, yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. And um, so I did this. I'm not going to do the demonstration because I was, I was looking for a chair here that I could do the demonstration, but I'm nervous. Uh, well, somebody would get hurt, probably me. <laughs> but what I did, what I did with, with Luke is I said, watch out who your friends are. I'm teaching the youth, and I said, watch out who your friends are. Who you allow into your inner circle, right? You have different realms of life around you. There's some people that are out here, you know, and that's okay. And we, we are ministering to people. We are, you know, I'm not saying we don't reject everybody, but there's, but there's the people that are closest to you that you allow to speak in your life. April's my wife. She has a very, very close realm. She's the closest realm to me. And next is, is probably my children, right? But my children aren't even as close as, as my wife is, right? So we have different realms, and that who are you allow to speak in your life. Because, so back to the youth, and this applies to all of us, I don't care how old we are, right? There's always friends that you have. If you want to, and I learned this too, especially in sports, if I want to get better at sports, who do you, what do you do? Huh? Exactly. You play with better people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or you hang around better people. So if you want to get better in your Christian walk, you've got to hang around with better people and people that bring you up rather than people bring you down. Back to my demonstration. And what I did with Luke was I had Luke up on the, on the bleachers. He was probably about up this high. And I said, all right, you and I are, are close friends now. And so I grabbed, he grabbed my hand and I grabbed his like this. I said, okay, now you're the Christian. I'm a bad influence on you. I says, bring me up to your level. Bring me up. He couldn't do it. Okay, now I'm, I outweigh him probably by 50 pounds. <laughs> and if you believe that, I got some property I want to sell you. No. Right? He couldn't do it. Of course he couldn't do it. That's obvious. Now, we switched roles. I said, all right, I'm the, I'm the good Christian now. I'm up here. You're the bad influence. Okay, now remember, I, I got Luke by X amount of pounds. Right? Actually, I told all of them how much I weigh, so I don't really care. But um, you know what? Luke, okay, he he struggled a little bit, but he was able to get me off balance and I and pull me down. He was. And that's you know what I mean. And and I'm, okay, I'm an adult. I'm heavier and I'm stronger than him. He still pulled me down. And so I think the kids they kind of get that analogy, but that works with all of us. Right? it doesn't matter how old you are, we're still dealing with people all the time. Yeah. And honestly, that is what is Jesus' heart, right? His people. He wants to reach people. And we're his body. So if we're close to Jesus, we should want to help people as well. And one of the things I, I, was, I was thinking about this I was thinking about the word stewardship because there's different types of stewardship. Let me just write, read you the definition first off. Stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or a property. And there's different kinds of supervi- su- stewardship. One of them is on your job. You could be a supervisor, right? That would be a form of a stewardship. Where, right, you're, it's not your uh, company, right? But you're managing it for somebody else. And then you have people that that report to you. You are a steward over the things you hear and say. right? If I say something to Lee, I could say something positive to him. I could say something negative to him. But what I say to him, I'm the steward over over those words that I say to you. Likewise, Lee could talk to me. What if he comes and gossips to me? Right? Lee's not going to do that. He's a good guy. But if he does, now what happens? What do I do with that? He just puked all over me. What am I gonna do about that? Do I spread it? Maybe I throw some of that puke around to everybody else? I spread that gossip? I'm a steward over that, right? Or do maybe or maybe, you know, maybe I rebuke him and say, hey, that's we really shouldn't be talking like that. You know, we gotta step up our game. You know, trying to say it nicely, right? Something that that we're, you know, let's be Christians. Thanks for being my example, Lee. Lee's a good guy. He's not like it. We're stewards over our family, right? Mothers, fathers, even children are stewards over their area of their family, right? How they react to things, how they train up their children, how, they, uh, how the children respond. You're a steward over your own life. We were given, right, like the, the parable of the talents. Everyone has a talent. Everyone has a call on their life. And sometimes you have multiple, multiple calls, multiple things on your life. But you're a steward over that. Remember the, the guy that had the one talent? What did he do over his stewardship? He didn't do anything. He went and buried it. And what did, God, what did Jesus do to him? He, was, he said, Get away from me, right? And he cast him out. So we're a steward over this. I think there's a lot of, I call them Sunday Christians, that just come in for a good, you know, I talk about the internet. Christians, it's kind of the same thing, except these are ones that are actually coming to church. But they are—they just come to church, get a good message, I feel good, I got my fire insurance, right? I'm not going to hell. But but we're not going out, and we're not reaching people. We're not being that influence to people, right? Or worst case, even maybe you're you're going back and you're just living like the world, right? And I'm not rebuking anybody. I I really I want to exhort you and encourage encourage you, right? And I'm speak it to myself as much as I'm speaking to anybody. But I, I think we all can do better at this. You know, I go back to, I think we're, it's, the time is very short. And it's, kind, it's almost time to, to stop playing these kind of games with, with people. And, and, and what I mean by with people is that when you feel like you need to say something to somebody, say it, do it, just go for it, you know? Um, don't hold back. Let me, um, I want to read Joshua 1.9. Let me flip over to that. Because I love the way this, this starts out with. Is this helping anybody? I'm going to need some help here. I'm going to need some help. I only got a few more minutes to preach here, but I'm going to need help. I'm going to need some amens. I gotta you, Make me feel good. Say it loud enough so it gets on the recording. So I'm going to go back, I'm going to edit this section out right here, so that pastor doesn't know that I said all this, but all he's going to hear is all these amens in the background, right? You know I'm teasing, right? Amen. I hope you guys know, I hope you guys know me and know my heart. I mean, I love you, I love this church, I love, you know, I love Jesus, and, but like I said, I think we're in such a place, there is an urgency that... We got to get going. We got the time is short, and, and we can't lose our focus worrying about petty things. You know, I'll touch on that and uh, um, kind of just touching that back on on the help side. We can get used to working in the church and working in helps and doing our job and showing up for our duty, and then we, uh, you know, we start complaining about someone else that's working with us or, you know, something like that. Or someone walks in. You know, and they had a bad night or they're cranky in the morning and they say something a little bit snippy, right? And then it's on, right? <laughs> right, it's on, exactly. But, right, but, but we lose sight. There you go, thanks. I got one, I got one. <laughs> hey, we may not have a lot of numbers here tonight, but let's have some fun, all right? Yeah, seriously. Everything we do in the ministry of helps, we should be have souls attached to it in our mind. Everything we do from picking up just some trash you see on the on the carpet. Okay, we don't have our own building yet, so I know some things are a little bit strange yet, but we have the whole setup crew that comes up there that we set up every morning. We get things set up. We should have souls attached to every chair that we're putting up. Why do we set the chairs up the way we do? Well, because we want people to have an experience from Jesus and have the anointing and I don't want anything to hinder them from getting that anointing because what does the anointing do? It breaks the yokes of bondage and I want people set free. So even these minor little things that we might think is minor, why do we tape some cords down? Because I don't want someone to come up there that's getting prayed for a trip over a cord or pull our speaker down and break our speaker and then we got to pay $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I don't want it. I want it, to be, I want it to be as invisible to people so that they can be, they can help, you know? They can be helped. So you have to think of that. When, when you go back into the children's church, right? When you're working with the children and you're back there, you are allowing, you're taking these children. Now we're teaching the children, yes, absolutely. We're teaching them. But what also we're doing is we're allowing the parents or grandparents or whoever brought those children to sit in the Word and What? Get faith, yeah, or get fixed. Any answer is good. There's no wrong answer in this question. There are wrong answers in some questions, but not this one. So the children. So when you're back there working with the children, you're teaching the children. Yeah, you're planting seeds in their life, and you're, you know, you're you're helping the, to make an impact on their life. But you're also helping the parents too. So everything that has, has is attached. We should see a souls attached to it. I never did get to Joshua one nine, did I? If I keep going like this, we're going to be here all night. You ever heard the term until the cows come home? <laughs> Yo. No, I got till the fourth watch, babe. <laughs> Joshua 1:9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. No, uh, did I read that wrong? Be weak and be discouraged. No, he didn't say that. He said be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid, nor be dismayed. When you step out and try to do something for God or try to speak to someone, what's the first thing that, at least this happens to me. Maybe it's just me. I'm always, I, I get a little bit kind of, um, maybe not courageous, maybe not fearful, but maybe like not, I, I don't, I'm like, uh, should I do this? Uh, I'll tell you a story. I. Um, this is a few years back. This is actually after we already moved to Texas, but we had church service at 11 o'clock on Sunday. So I had gotten up early. I don't know why, why I got up early, but it was like 7.30 in the morning, and I was going to just finish mowing the, the grass, and then I'd come back, and I'd get ready. we'd get ready and we'd go to church. Well, I started mowing the grass, and I ran out, ran out of gas. So I threw the gas tank in my truck and drove, drove down to the gas station. And as I'm driving down, I looked out my window... And I saw this, this older lady, she was sitting in like a walker, and she was just kind of looking over the, the bayou. She was just sitting there. And this was like 7.30, 7.45 in the morning. And it seemed odd to me, and I had the thought, you should stop and go pray for her. And do you, you want to know what I did? I was like, nah. <laughs> nah, right? <laughs> and then I was like, and then I'm like, what would I even say? Right? And, uh, So I I kept driving, and I kept thinking about this, thinking about this, and then I and I got to the gas station. It wasn't that far, and I'm putting the gas in the tank, and I'm like, like, I'm like, well, okay, I had this thought. It's, you know, this thought could have came from me to go pray for her, because I mean, okay, we can train our brain, right? You might you might be a kind person, or you know, that thought could come from me. It could come from the devil. And I was like, probably not, probably not. Okay, there's, there's only one other, you know, option on the table. And it came from God, and I'm like, it probably wasn't me either. Honestly, right? Why would I? Why would I randomly think of that? I was thinking about mowing my grass and getting, getting petro, as they call it in El Mexico, for my El Lono Moro. <laughs> Sorry, I was in Mexico three weeks ago. and Yeah, anyways. I don't need any more tacos for a while. Um, anyways, I said, you know what, Lord? I repented and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to pray for her. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. But but do you remember the scripture, right? Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos, watered it, but it's God who gave the increase. So it doesn't matter what I say, I just have to obey. And I actually didn't mean for that to rhyme like that, but maybe we should go. No, all right, all right, stop. I do this at home all the time. They say something that rhymes, and then I just keep going on with the rhyming. So I went back. I pulled up there, and I, I said, actually on the way there, I, I said, Lord, please let her still be there, because I knew I missed it. And, then, and I said, if she was gone, I was like, you know, I don't know. I would have been very, she was still there though, thankfully. So I got out of the truck and I'm walking up to her. And so she kind of looks at me kind of like, you know, it's because it's weird. It's a weird situation. There's nobody around. It's, it's She was staying at one of those like those RV parks, like where all the contractors stay at. And, and she was sitting off by herself kind of up front in one of those like walkers. And she was just like looking at the... the the river, you know, the bayou, and uh, I'm like, so I walk up to her, and I'm like, ma'am, I says, I I don't know, I says, I don't, this doesn't happen to me very often, but I'm like, I just feel like, I feel like the Lord wanted me to stop here and and, uh, pray for you. Is there anything I can pray with you about? She started bawling. I'm not kidding you, like bawling. I started bawling, and she, she bawled, she's bawling, and she's, she's like, oh my gosh, this has never happened to me, and I was like, (laughs) It doesn't doesn't happen to me that often either. (laughs) And she's, I was like, "What can I pray with you about?" And she's like, "I just got a diagnosis that I have cancer," and um, and she says, "And also my son-in-law or something has cancer." I says, "Well, you know what?" I says, "I don't," I says, "I don't have any power in me." I says, "But I know Jesus," and I says, "I will pray for you," and pray for your son-in-law as well. And so I prayed for her, and that was it. I don't know. There wasn't any. There was no, like, visible miracle that I saw. But it doesn't matter. I don't, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter because all I had to do was obey, right? That's all I need to do. God, the Lord, will give the increase. So it doesn't matter what I say. But that takes courage. And what, what uh, you know, he says here, be strong and of good courage, right? Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. So I got a few more things and I'm, just, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, let me give you a couple of scriptures though and I, I don't think I'll read all of these right now. But like Philippians 4, 6 through 7 and actually I like it in the New Living Translation because it says don't worry, right? I think the other translations say don't be anxious and stuff. But I like when it says don't worry. We, there's a lot of worry, right? We worry about everything, And especially with the news and the fake news and the way it is nowadays, right? They just try to breed fear in us, right? And and why, I mean, okay, they may not know why they're doing it, but we know that there is a real devil out there that he hates us and he hates Christians. And so he will use the news to breed fear, right? Because when when you're in fear, you're not in hope or faith. You're not in faith. And when you have no hope, it's very easy for fear to slip right in there and then you're out of faith, right? So don't worry, Philippians uh, 4.7. Terry Mize said this, I, I love this, so I wrote it down. Um, it's in his book, uh, What Does God Think About Me? or something like that. or Something like that, uh, the title. But he says, Faith is simply acting like God told you the truth. Yeah. That's deep, isn't it? <laughs> yep. And the other thing, and I don't know where who I got this from, so if, you're, if, I, if you write this one down and, and you find out who it came from, I'd, that would be great. But faith does not make things easy. It makes things possible. Okay? Just because we're a Christian and we're born again doesn't mean things will be easy for us. In fact, sometimes it's hard. Right? However, what we have, and this is what I really felt for people during the pandemic, because as hard as it was for me, I always have Jesus. Yeah. He's the answer, and I could always go to him for peace and comfort. But I felt for worldly people, I'm like, who, who do you turn to? Who, who, what, I mean, like, I mean, I I talk with guys at work, you know, and I work with some smart people. And the fear on them and the irrational fear. I'm like, you're my peer scientist, right? We do science together. Why are you not looking at the data? (laughs) Why are you in fear? Just look at the numbers, but fear will grip you and it makes you irrational. Logic goes out the window when you're in fear. I mean, it, it does. Um, so speaking of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7 and through 10. And actually, I'd love to read that whole verse, but I won't. But basically, right? that's the one that God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So then that means if God didn't give it to us, where did it come from? Right? And then Philippians 1.6, he that begun a good work will perform it until the end. end. Okay? He will perform it. It's just like back Joshua 1.9, right? I will be with you always, right? And if he begins the work, he will see it until the end. And then let me read John 4.35, and I'm going to wrap up with that. Um, Let me see. I have this in... I think I want it in the new living translation. So, let me get there. Okay, John 4:35. And he says, "Do you not say there are still 4 months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white with harvest." This is where we're at right now. This is the end times, okay? We are in, we are in the last of the last. If, if I had a door, and let me, let me show you, if I had a door that was open, right? And this is, this is time, right? and, and so when Jesus, when Jesus ascended into heaven, right, the door was maybe like this, right? And even then, the disciples said the time is short, right? And that was 2,000 years ago. So, so we are like, the door is closing. We are like, I don't know. If I had an electron microscope, I would be measuring in micrometers right now. <laughs> Scanning electron, not a transmission electron microscope. So a few things. So do you remember, what, what did I start this all out with? Anybody remember? Chris, I, 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 that's why I made that face, because Chris goes. <laughs> <laughs> water, but... Yep. That's right, focusing on him, exactly. So keeping your focus on Jesus, right? Live in your Bible. Pray. Pray in tongues. I would challenge you to pray in tongues at least 15 minutes a day, straight, if you can. So I've been challenging myself on that. And so I've been doing that every day when I go to work. I have a 45-minute commute. So I take at least 15 minutes. And you know what? Sometimes it goes over. I get into it. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But you know what I mean. Yeah, so I encourage you, pray in tongues, come to church, get involved, see souls uh, attached to everything you do, everything you do, especially in the church, but everything you do. Um, My kids laugh at me because when we drive through our neighborhood, I'm always like, hey Al, hey Stan, (laughs) hey Robert. (laughs) They're like, you know everybody. I was like, well, I don't actually know everybody, but I know a few people because I go out walking and I stop and talk to them. Do I preach to them every time? No. Sometimes I just listen. We just talk. Just talk about the grass, you know, how good their grass looks and how terrible mine is. It's not that bad. But, right? You don't have to preach to all of them, but, but I've always look for opportunities where I can sow a little seed. Because what, what did we say? It's not who brings the increase? God, right? If I just plant the seed, I don't have to worry about it. I'm not responsible for the seed's growth. That takes a lot of pressure off me. I used to think, you know, as a, as a younger, or as an earlier Christian, when I was first, that, like, I had to get people saved, you know? Yes, we should get people saved, absolutely. But I felt like, I felt like I had to do it. I had to, you know, I had to work, and I had to do it. But now the pressure's off to me. When I got that revelation, it was like, I just do it. I just throw the seed out there, you know? I look for the opportunities. If I have the opportunity to pray with someone to get saved, yeah, I'm going to do it. But sometimes they're not ready. and But that's not, my, that's not my problem. The Lord brings the increase. I just have to throw that seed out there. And you know what? If it takes root, someone else can have the harvest. I don't care. Jesus has the harvest. Get a vision for your life. It's so... I mean we talk about this all the time get your vision write it down I know some of you are retired but that doesn't mean you lose your vision there's stuff for you to do and we need you okay it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are right we have a part we are the body the the scripture doesn't say that once you reach a certain age you're no longer part of the body does it? no it doesn't so that means we got work to do. Right? So, uh, yeah, there's no excuse. I, I mean, and then, again, that takes the pressure off. When you're working toward a goal and you have a vision for your life, watch who your friends are. I said that before. Guard your heart, right? Guard your heart. Wash your mind with the Word of God. Watch out for worldliness creeping in there. Worldliness is all around us, everywhere. Right? I mean, you can just flip on the TV and a commercial comes on. I'm like... Seriously? (laughs) There was some commercial on that. We were watching, um, gosh, what game were we watching? It was something, um, no, it was the college, uh, it was the Michigan. I was watching the Michigan football game. And at the end of the game, some commercial came up, and I guess there's a new cartoon, movie, something coming out, and it's called Little Demon. Did you hear about this? And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. But I'm just saying, it's all around us. But that means we're not powerless, and this is something that I teach the youth, and I've been really, really trying to tell them, that we have the power to overcome it. You're not defenseless, and even the children, even in youth, and then, yeah, the world is, yeah, that's gross darkness, but you know what? We have the power, and the light is so much brighter. So you're not defenseless. You're not defenseless. And just because it's the end times, you know, Don't let that be an excuse that that we can't do it. Let your light shine. That was my next thing I wrote down. Don't get weary in well-doing and keep standing. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 and Ephesians 6.13. Watch your confession. This is something I told the kids the other night too. Can anyone tell me who the number one person in your life that you listen to the most? Anybody? Anybody? Caitlin, you know the answer. Yourself, that's right. You talk to yourself more than anybody else. You probably even talk to yourself more than Jesus talks to you. Everybody, we do all the time. So, therefore, watch what you're saying about yourself. Watch your confession. And in fact, change your confession to start saying what God says about you. Start talking to yourself and saying what God says you are. I am more than a conqueror, right? I am courageous. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I do not have the spirit of fear. Start saying these things to yourself rather than, oh, I blew it again. I'm such an idiot. Right? People say that sometimes, and I'm just like, don't say that. You're not an idiot. Did you make a mistake? Probably. I made a hundred of them. I made a couple today. Maybe more. Right? But when I make a mistake, I try to fix it, and I go to Jesus. Or I go to Jesus, and I try to fix it. I mean, you know. I make sure both of those happen. And finally, what was the last thing Peter did? What did he do when he was sinking? He called. Yeah, called for help. Call for help. Okay. Call for call for Jesus. Hello, Jesus. Help. Kids nowadays, right? Cell (laughs) phone. But also call your leaders. Call your leaders in the church. Call someone that you know will help you and pull you out. Right? Don't do this alone. The devil would love to take the herd or a sheep and separate and isolate you. And he likes to lie to us, right? He's the father of lies. And he will say, you're the only one that's going through this problem. Nobody understands what you're going through. Right? Yep. You're such a loser. Yep. No one wants to hear, you know what, you're the only one that's doing this. That's not true. Mm-hmm. No. And Jesus has the answer, so call your, call your leaders. Call someone to pray for Get on there. That's all I have, y'all. Sorry I, I went over 10 minutes. But before we go, I want to, after we've done all this, I do want to pray, pray with you, um, and then we'll go home here, so... Um, I hope you were encouraged. I, I want to exhort you. Exhort means to, you know, encourage people to do better, right? If I exhort you, I'm encouraging you to do better. I want to do better, and it's me too. I want to do better. I want to be a better Christian. I don't want to miss these opportunities when I go out and talk to, to people. You know, I don't want to be that one. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, I had probably the only vision I've ever had in my life. I was sitting in the doctor's office, and... I was a teenager. I was getting allergy shots. So I'm sitting there waiting to get my, well, you had to get your allergy shot and then you had to wait like 10 minutes to make sure you don't swell up and, you know, have a reaction. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I had this thought, um, this, I overheard the nurse talking about her son that was in, this was around the Gulf War time, the first Gulf War. And she says, um, talking about her son that's in the military. And I felt like the Lord said, tell her, you know, say it's going to be all right and pray for it, you know. And I was like, I did one of these things. I didn't want to talk to her or whatever. And so this is the only time that I think I've ever really had a, a true vision. I'm just sitting there. And I had a vision of, of her, uh, you know, and I kind of imagined like the, the uh, story in the Bible when, when, Jesus, um, when Lazarus was at the gate and he died, right? And, uh, and the rich man, he's at the rich man's gate and he died. And the rich man went to hell and Lazarus goes to, uh, goes to heaven. And remember, there's that great gulf across uh, between them. And the rich man could see him and said, hey, send Lazarus to go see my, to talk to my relative and tell him not to come here. So, did I summarize that quick enough? <laughs> so anyways, this, this is what I've seen in my mind, is, is that, like I'm seeing this lady, and she's across there and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't hear what she said, but I could read her lips. And she said to me, she said, "Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me?" And I remember just thinking, "I'm not going to be that one. I'm not, I don't want anybody in hell to say, "Oh, Ryan was a Christian. I never knew." You had the answer. I'm burning in the lake of fire. He's in heaven. And you never said anything to me? Anyways. So before we go, I just want to pray, pray over you. And if, um, if this has touched any of you, um, I'll just be in agreement with you right now that just for an extra boldness, if that's any of you that, that want that, um, let's just raise our hands and I'll just pray. I'll pray over right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your hand upon us, Lord. And I just pray right now. I just pray for an extra boldness and a courage, Lord, like we've never had before in our lives. Lord, to reach people for you. Your heart is for people, and you love people, and you want everybody. It is your desire that everybody be saved and come to know you. And Lord, I pray that we would be your hands and your feet. And that you would give us the strength and the courage and the peace to step out, step out of the boat, keep our eyes focused on you and reach the lost for you, Lord. And I'm in agreement right now, Lord, with everyone here that desires that, Lord, in their heart. You know everyone's heart and you know what is burning in them, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that in Jesus' name that this revelation would be even more real to them. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that we're just going to see more and more people come to you in the name of Jesus and I just thank you for everyone here that they will have a blessed rest of their week and safety over them I call Psalm 91 over them in Jesus name Amen All right, thank you everybody Um, we'll see you Sunday I suppose thank you for listening to the podcast today I pray that you were blessed and encouraged The time is short, and if you have not made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, today is the day. Ask Him to come into your heart and commit your life to Him. It's that simple. Have a great week, and be blessed. In Jesus' name.